2: This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression, and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse, including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, We will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode.
0: Welcome to the Leaving Eden Podcast Homework Edition. I am Gabrielle Ha Cohen, and I am here with my co-host.
2: Hi, I'm Sadie Carpenter.
0: Thank you for being here, Sadie. Now, have you done your assignment?
2: I have.
0: So, for those of you who are listening, um, this is the first time that we have a separate episode for the homework section. And I hope that all of you guys listening have also done the homework, which is to watch... James Cameron's 1997 blockbuster teen romance film Titanic, starring Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio, chronicling the fate of two lovers separated by social class as they cross the Atlantic on the doomed maiden voyage of the Titanic. Now, just a reminder this will be containing spoilers for the movie, so if you have not seen the movie, be forewarned.
2: So I actually had a, a really nice. I had like almost a little date night. My husband watched Titanic with me, uh, made oh, me popcorn. Sweet. Yeah, it made me – we have a, a popcorn machine thing. I don't know quite how to – You guys do have dis- a
0: nice big home theater TV setup.
2: Yeah, you got to see that recently. Lovely. Yeah. And, well, we got, we have a, a popcorn maker thing. I don't know how to describe it, but it's better than microwave. Um, yeah, microwave so,
0: popcorn is so greasy; it's it's never very good.
2: So he made me like you know a a giant thing of popcorn, and um, we watched we watched the movie together, which is the first time I've done my homework for this show with my husband. So that was fun.
0: Oh well, it is a good date night. It is a good movie to watch, you know. And it's it's nice if you're watching this movie to have somebody to hold you during the sad parts. Yeah. Yeah, because there are a few sad parts in it, but there are. A uh, little information about this movie. This movie came out in 1997. It was very, very popular. I believe it was the 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 top grossing movie of the year. And I think it is one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I'll have to check on that. But I think that that's true. Um, it was immensely popular. Um, so much so that I believe that um, this is an example of, I think, something that uh, when we were talking about the qualities that we're looking for in a homework assignment, this, I think, is something that's very, like, culturally ubiquitous.
2: Well, I'll tell you yeah. how culturally ubiquitous this is. I don't remember ever not knowing what... That Titanic was a movie. Like, yeah. I, I So you and I would have been about four when this came out.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So we weren't, you know... We, neither one of us would have been old enough to go see it in the theaters. But... I I honestly cannot put my finger on ever not knowing what that that there is a movie that is called Titanic and that it's about you know two people who fall in love and and bad things happen.
0: Yeah, I I mean I remember I learned about the um the ship Titanic I think in history class in like probably third grade and that people were just like oh it's like in the movie and like just kids in my class have seen the movie even though it was like we're in third grade um so yeah so when would
2: you have seen when like when would you have seen the movie for the first time it would have to be on vhs probably
0: yeah i think the first time i saw this movie i was probably like 14 or 15 um and i thought it was lame because uh it's a a kissy, kissy romance movie
2: you didn't like the the second half
0: Oh, you mean with the the disaster? You know, yeah, yes, that the, the was, violence
2: that was... and the t- terror. Yeah,
0: well, there was there was some violence and terror, and there was a lot of tension going on in there. Um, it, it was a very tense movie. It was, I mean, looking back on it now, and maybe I have a bit more uh, appreciation for a film like this. It's it's a very well made movie, but I want to, um, I want to get into the discussion of this movie. Um, so I've got to ask, um. This movie is rated PG-13. So let's put Sadie back in the shoes of herself at age 12, 13, 14. You know, a perfectly normal age to be seeing a movie like this for the first time. So if you had seen this movie, say you were like not in the IFB. If you had seen this movie as a young teenager, what would you have thought of it, do you think?
2: Okay, so I have a couple questions before I can answer that. Okay. Like, where where would I have been seeing this movie? Because what I what I can't, my mental block here is I can't imagine a world where you would show this movie to a, a young kid like that. Like, I don't, I didn't go to people's houses, so it would have been me, like, seeing it with my parents, which seems awkward.
0: No, here's what, here I'm going to set a scene. I think this is, like, a normal
2: yeah, that's what way I mean.
0: to have seen. Okay, so... You are 13 years old. Um, You're like seventh, eighth grade. Um, And you got invited to your friend's uh, sleepover birthday party. And you guys are going to uh, uh, give you you guys are going to eat snacks all night and you are going to watch Titanic. And you're going to be there with maybe three or four of your best friends and you're going to watch this movie, and uh, your friend's mom or dad is going to come down every once in a while to offer you guys more snacks. But you guys are in like the basement, like home theater setup. Okay, that's that's your setting, and you're watching it, and you've got your your four, uh, three or four or five girlfriends with you.
2: Okay, I'm trying. School. I'm trying to get myself in in the mental headspace of middle school me. I feel the braces coming back. On. Yeah, you, de- you
0: definitely have braces.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. In real life, I got them later, but in this scenario, I absolutely had braces at fourteen. Yeah. Okay. I, I guess asking you to be like, oh, I'm
0: a normal suburban teenage girl, like that's that's maybe a little difficult for you. It,
2: it is, and I'm like I'm like, okay, okay, no, because I'm wearing like pajama pants or leggings or something. I guess. Yeah,
0: you're you're wearing you're wearing flannel pajamas. Um you and your friends okay. all are and yeah. i'm
2: allowed to have whatever nail polish color i want
0: you're allowed to have okay. purple green
2: black um, probably at that age black. honestly <laughs> yeah yeah at that age i would have been like if i had had if i had been able to i would have had color like that would have been your i would have had like phase. well yeah i would have had that like black and pink like zebra stripe kind of hair
0: would you have been really into avril lavigne Oh, absolutely. I feel like you would have been absolutely like uh, also, really into Avril Also Levine. Panic
2: yeah. at the Disco, like my chemical romance, Evanescence, like that would yeah, have been that, my Yeah, that singing. would have been you.
0: Okay, that would okay. have been you. Okay, okay, so, okay so, so that's now I'm that's in the your are You're, you're uh, watching this movie for the first time as like a, a young, like tween, preteen, like uh, young teenager, th- 12, 13, 14.
2: So I would have been trying to front on the outside, like the romance stuff is like not that great. But, like, I'm about yeah. the death and, like, the frozen dead bodies. But on the inside, I would have been, like, bawling internally. And I would have been, like, yeah. sneaking into the bathroom to cry. <laughs> because I wouldn't want anybody <laughs> else to, like, I wouldn't want people to think <laughs> that I was cool. <laughs> <sighs> okay, but yeah. I feel, I really feel like if I had been that normal, like, 14-year-old, I think that's how I would have probably reacted to this.
0: <laughs> now, I mean, but, like, Leo... How about how about OK, so like because I know your type when it comes to boys and I guess when it comes to girls uh, okay. that you you like somebody with maybe a bit of a classic look like your husband mm-hmm. has a bit of a classic look to him. Um, right. And I mean, so, his
2: haircut. How cute is it?
0: It's it's a very like 1950s, you know, style haircut. It's, it's, it's that dude it,
2: from Clueless is who it is.
0: <laughs> it works well for him. Um, Yeah. Oh, so yeah. do you think that that young Sadie? would have had pictures of leo cut out from magazines and taped to the inside of her binder at school
2: absolutely Uh, do you want to know who i did have taped on the inside of my binder
0: pray tell okay so um
2: (laughs) (laughs) i had a hiles anderson tour group poster it was the uh the highlander singing men that was who i was you know, I was like, I'm going to go to Hiles Anderson and date these guys.
0: Like, you know, being a a, a singing man it <laughs> never hurts with the ladies.
2: No, so I had you can I had ham that, it up. and I'm not going to name names, but if I can still tell it you it who up, was in that can, group. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I was going to say if you can ham it up, you can jam it up. Uh, that doesn't work.
2: I don't know. Yeah. No. I'm, so I'm I had. Trying, yeah. So I had the Highlander singing men from like 2000. Seven to two thousand eight, or something like that. Um, and, and they I could, all had, I'm, I'm not sure, very name like classic,
0: cause... classic haircuts, yeah. uh, very, and very I properly think... dressed,
2: right? And it's like, well, they had like matching suits. So, Hiles Anderson men's singing groups are like boy bands for Baptist girls.
0: Ooh man. Okay. So, I had,
2: and we'll, we're gonna do an entire episode you on my heart, babe. Oh, gosh.
0: But okay, I'm singing some, some.
2: So we had that. So yeah. I had that, and then the other page of my binder was Ed, Edgar Allan Poe.
0: Wow, that's, so that's, that's goth like, as hell.
2: <laughs> oh my god, I was so. In, I, I'm telling you, I was like a wannabe goth kid who wasn't allowed to be goth because I wow. loved and I still adore Edgar Allan Poe. I'm pretty sure I've read everything he's ever written, even the the novel that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, no, I'm a major Poe fangirl still. Am want to yeah, go to his but- um his grave so bad
0: yeah but like this is this but is something i want to talk still, about because yes. like, that um because having crushes on movie stars you know having sexual feelings towards a teen heartthrob like leo that would have been a big no-no
2: right i mean that would have been so like even i which is which is weird because i was totally allowed to like crush on hiles anderson tour guys who are I mean these I mean I'm 14 15 and these guys are 20 and that's totally okay like these are real dudes that I like see well, every year when they come to my church to, like, crush
0: thing. on you're allowed to crush on them but if they were like you know reciprocating that I mean it's just it's just like a boy band kind of thing you but know? Like, like
2: like that's allowed but like other quote unquote celebrities aren't yeah. So it's it's a little it's a little bit of a double standard there. But um yeah. no, in a normal world I would have absolutely been all about young Leo.
0: Young Leo, oh, I've, I've also yeah
2: I because mean, the I mean, Romeo Juliet Kate? movie. You know?
0: Oh yeah, that was a great movie. You weren't you weren't into Kate? Eh.
2: Yeah. I mean she's she's alright. I don't know, not really I, my time you're,
0: no, Yeah, <laughs> you know what I was actually What what were you gonna say? Nothing. Oh, what she needs? What?
2: Uh, like twelve more tattoos.
0: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I, I yeah, <laughs> I should have guessed that. Um, so yeah, you like, should the have. I was, I, the thing that I was thinking about though is that, um, and that I was reading about was that, like, because this movie was made in the nineties, right? This movie was made in the nineties when, like, the the ideal female like body type was like the heroine chic like the, like yeah. being like very thin and just like and i mean not like kate isn't like fat or anything in this movie but like what they did was they they picked somebody who very much fit the i the idealized feminine body type of the 1910s of for the this time. movie like and you a-
2: have to appreciate like
0: yeah, of the time, which is like a roundish face, a slightly softer body—that was like the ideal beauty standard. And so they picked an actress who really embodied that look, rather than like the anorexic thin look that was in in the nineties.
2: Right, and, and, and she I looks think, beautiful. Right, and I think you've you've got to appreciate every little bit of of historical accuracy because I'm I'm not a major major history nerd, but I am I'm, I'm yeah. a minor level history nerd, and nothing really super stuck out to me um as oh that's not correct so if, no, it's, if it's good enough that i don't that was... notice stuff it's pretty okay
0: and the stuff that was like incorrect like it's the sort of stuff where you're like oh well you just need to have a little bit of suspension of belief because it's a movie um but like no knowing... I mean, so
2: there was one thing that stuck out to me is like oh that's not correct <laughs> what? so when rose's mother is putting her in the corset the corset's laced wrong
0: Oh okay but yeah normal people aren't going to aren't going to know that.
2: But I yeah I only know that because I I've laced a lot of corsets because I worked at a store that specialized in them. So oh, okay. that's that you it, it there's only you know it that's a, that's a hard one to catch. And I could I could yeah. be incorrect. It could be that they did it differently during that particular fashion era.
0: Interesting. So yeah, I'm going to um... have to
2: research that a little bit more.
0: Yeah, so, um, do you think, like, so, clearly, like, I mean, you think this this movie would have probably been pretty subversive if, you know, went during the time when it came out, you think, for, like, the IFB?
2: So, okay, so let me tell you what I heard about it, and then... Yeah, because that's, like the, that's
0: what we want to get into here.
2: And then, like, the realization that I had, which is totally different.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: So, what I heard about the movie is that... You know, we weren't supposed to watch it for the same reasons that we weren't supposed to watch any romance film really, like, what's approved is, like, Jane Austen movies.
0: I love Jane Austen.
2: Oh, yeah. Me, too. But, like, that's the style of, like, romance movies that's okay with the IV.
0: So everything's very proper, properly done.
2: Yes. Um so what I heard is like it, it's the same reasons that we're not supposed to watch any romance movie, and basically that is that like, if you're not, if you're not married and you're a woman and you watch this, it's going to give you unrealistic expectations for what your future husband is going to be like, and like no man is ever going to live up to that, and you are you're giving no your man heart... is ever
0: going to live up to Leonardo DiCaprio. You know what?
2: Apparently, what? Um, but you're like giving your heart not away to these accurate. like these like men on screen when you should be saving your heart and saving your emotions for your future husband or if you are married and you watch this movie you're going to be jealous of like the relationship that you see on screen and it's going to poison your relationship with your husband so those are like the, the typical reasons that we don't watch romance yeah. movies in the ifb and then there was also i heard that there were boobs in it and that that's like horrible shocking oh no
0: there were boobs in it i i I did notice that distinctly i distinctly remember the boobs in it from when i was a a young teenager yeah
2: i'm sure you did yeah but no so like so those are like the two the two reasons that like that's what i heard from the ifp like this is why we're not supposed to watch this movie
0: so what was what was the realization that you came to about it though like so i watched this movie
2: and i was like oh my god this is not about the boobs because nope. I watched plenty of movies growing up that had like brief sexual scenes in them or like brief. Okay, I watched um Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which is a pretty decent movie, except for there's that one like 60 second um, scene where he says the F word like 19 or 20 times in 60 seconds.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Well, you know why that scene is in there. That scene is in there because they wanted planes, trains, and automobiles to be rated R. Yeah. Because they didn't want teenagers to be able to come see it. Anyway, so, like, I saw that. They just cut the scene out. So, I mean...
0: Which makes perfect sense with the movie. Like, you can cut that scene out and it's literally the same movie.
2: And, yeah, you can cut that out and then there's, like, a a sexy picture in the taxi that they get in. Um, But you can just, like, literally cut, like, five frames out and you don't see it. So... Like, I watched plenty of movies that had kind of been balbarized like that, where, you know, my dad or some some other parent would go in and either just sit with us and fast forward through the quote-unquote offensive scenes, or my dad had physically cut tapes like with a razor blade. He would take the VHS apart, cut the tape, tape it back together, because my dad knows how to do that stuff. So my dad would actually physically cut the tape so that we, and then it would go, you know, we wouldn't see what we weren't supposed to see so i saw lots of lots of movies that way growing up and it it hit me that titanic totally could have been one of those because the whole time that boobs are on screen is like a couple of minutes and it's not that big of a plot point
0: the picture like the fact that the picture that that he draws the picture is an important plot point but the fact that like it's but that could have
2: been censored out like you could have you could have blacked out the screen and let the audio keep playing and you would have gotten the picture
0: yeah or they could have shot like a different um angle and not shown them like like face on
2: right yeah. like there yeah. there are plenty of ways that that could have been censored for ifb young people to watch this movie and like contemporaneously with people like you who watch this movie as a teenager
0: so like what so is the like,
2: realization is
0: what's the realization
2: <laughs> it wasn't about the boobs man it was so really? not about the boobs what this movie was about is it's a it's about a young woman who is subverting this social like the social class that she's been born into, and the the acceptable plan for her life. So just like I was supposed to grow up, go to Hiles Anderson, marry a pe- marry a preacher or an assistant pastor or a missionary or a Christian school teacher, Rose was supposed to grow up and then marry into this richer family so that she could be able to support her mother in her mother's older years. So Rose had this like this like restrictive her, plan. Yeah for her life that she didn't really have a choice in just like a a young woman growing up in the IFB has a restrictive plan on her life that she has very little choice in the matter. And in Titanic Rose subverts that plan that has been laid out for her. And instead she takes control of her own sexuality and she takes control of her own future. And um, it's hot. That's what's subversive.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. because Man, okay. the movie
2: is not that dirty like it really no. isn't.
0: Here's okay, here's this was my take on it. Um and this sort of goes on along with that, maybe takes it a tiny bit further, is that knowing what we know about the frequency within the IFB with which powerful older males exploit their leadership positions in order to have sexual relationships with teenage girls. Do you think that it would have been seen as especially subversive to show a film in which the beautiful young 17-year-old girl forsakes the powerful older man in favor of a boy her own age?
2: So that wow. Wow. No, that's super, that's a that's a super hot take right there.
1: Yeah. I I, mean, I
2: don't think anybody would have ever admitted that even to themselves. But that doesn't mean that it isn't a motivation.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, that's the sort of thing that like is, is, I don't don't know. Like that's, I mean, that's central to the narrative of the movie is that she's with this dude who looks like he's like 30 and she's like 17 Mm -hmm. and she's like getting engaged to him and they're going to get married. And he's like just mean, but he's rich. And then man enter Jack Dawson, Leonardo DiCaprio, coming in with his like blonde hair and his stunning blue eyes and just like his good natured uh uh street smarts and man she is gone she needs a a, a salt of the earth real I mean
2: and, and like, that's the thing like it's just like
0: Imagine know, if and, you and brought home Leo you know
2: see there was so much um There was so much... um, What am I trying to say here? So much parallel between uh, the choices that Rose had and the choices that I felt like I had as a young person.
0: So you really identified with her?
2: Well, yeah, because... Okay, so there's a whole scene where her mother is talking about... um, She chose lavender-colored bridesmaids' dresses, even though she knows that I hate lavender.
0: Yeah, and then it's just like... Like the sound sort of goes on mute And then she's just like Why? And She's just like, like staring She's like totally stuff. phased out And
2: yeah. that though Like that feels like Like oh well you know Rose had a choice Rose could choose whatever color Bridesmaid's dresses that she wanted And that t- that feels like the insidious Kind of like the IFB Oh well you have a choice You can marry anybody you want As long as he's within two or three years of your age Or a little bit older And a student at Hiles Anderson College And is going to be in full time ministry Like that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it's like oh, like like, oh, of course. Well, you have plenty of choices. You can choose what color your bridesmaids' dresses are, and you can choose what color your china is, and you can choose what your invitations look like. And it's completely ignoring and trying to cover up the fact that she doesn't get to choose who she marries. Yeah, (laughs) or how she's going to spend the rest of her life. Yeah. So there was, um...
0: and she's like ready to jump off the back of this ship behind that. Like at the start I when we totally first totally identify
2: with that. I so identify with she's that. She's like,
0: My life is over. Like I, I have no ch- I have no agency or anything. And she's like, the only choice that I can have, because I'm so trapped on the ship, is that I'm going to just jump off the ship. And that may be a terrible thing for me to do, but at least it's my choice.
2: Right. And that is yeah. like I could not identify more with that feeling.
0: And now enter Leo with his 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 uh, a teenage wry smile and good looks and his willingness to risk it all.
2: And I like the way that he treated her the in that girl, scene. Yeah. yeah, and the way he treated her in that scene was was nice as well because it wasn't patronizing. It was it was just uh, I don't think you really want to do that. Yeah, can I talk to you about why why you might not want to be doing that?
0: Yeah. And, you know, he, he did a really good job at, 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 like, talking her down from jumping off of the back of this boat and covering for her when there was some suspicion that, like, what's going on here? Yeah.
2: Right. Well, and then, like, he has her back and then she gets him back as well because they are they were thinking that, that he was trying to do something inappropriate. And, and she was like, oh, no, the trip slipped, fell. You know, she, she makes up a, a good excuse for him
0: yeah and so how did you
2: so following this
0: yeah so following this leo gets invited to or or jack gets invited to dine with the rich people for one night like as as a reward (laughs) and um and i I, so how did you feel like because this this movie as much as it was about like oh this beautiful romance um and this tragedy it was also about like uh, uh, class divisions between you know the rich And the poor and then there was also that division Of old money versus new money uh-huh. that We saw and so Jack got invited To to dine with them and he was just like I'm just this poor kid and They kept like Giving him all of these backhanded compliments He was like yeah and he just Like handled it like he didn't he even dealt care with
2: it. So I saw that scene coming And I was I was so tense I was like Oh man this is going to be so bad They're going to be so mean to him
0: Right, because they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been being mean to him unless they felt like they had something to prove. So that's how he knows that he's got power in this situation. Is that he's like, oh, they're they're needling me because they feel like they need to, and it's their insecurity. But I'm just wherever I want to be.
2: Well, the um the part that the part that 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 got me to relax after being super tensed up about that scene was that um they the the waiter comes by and he, and offers jack caviar and he says oh no no thank you never quite liked caviar myself yeah and it's it's like you know he he's saying that because he doesn't know how to eat it or he doesn't know if he'll like it and he's never clearly never been in this situation before but he comes up with this very clever way to play it off but he's just
0: like flexing on them <laughs> yeah and he's just like flexing on them and they're just like the hell, like
2: yeah, so I thought that was that was fun. Um, now, I felt like I spent so much of the movie on the edge of my seat, which was a lot. Um, well,
0: it was very well told. You know, it was cinema as far as the cinematography goes um, and the way that they used the, the shooting of the movie to de- really develop the romance between these two characters, I think they did a marvelous job of – you know, portraying uh, 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 Rose, especially Kate Winslet, did a, a really marvelous job at portraying Rose as a person who just yearns for this emotional intimacy, and the on-screen chemistry that there was between uh, uh, Rose and Jack, or uh, uh, Leo and Kate, was, you know, it's it's one of the things that I think made the film, and it's like a this sort of quintessentially teenage knife edge balance that you have between like invincible hyper confidence and raw and unguarded vulnerable nervousness that was struck like perfectly that balance.
2: See, and I do agree with that because they they really play uh I think I think their ages are supposed to be both 17.
0: Yeah, they're both like 16 17.
2: 16, 17. See, yeah. that was played super well in my opinion because they behave like people who are almost adults but not quite yeah and they do that very convincingly so i was i was pretty impressed with that
0: and they also you can tell that they have like that emotion where they're like they, where they're just like the only thing that matters is uh what i am feeling in this mo- like the this overpowering emotion that i feel in this moment yeah and they're like i would die for you and like you're 17 <laughs> You're a child.
2: <laughs> well, I think that's another message that maybe the IFB didn't want—you know—their young people to to have that message that because they don't want you dating as a teenager, and I think that's another thing they didn't want in front of our eyeballs was the idea of of um, this encompassing love uh, at, at a young age. I think that's something they didn't want to portray.
0: Because that's only supposed to happen when you do Hiles Anderson approved dating, and then you have your I like you phase, pool, yeah. <laughs> your I like you phase, and yes. then your I love you phase, and then your um, uh, and then your engagement, and then you're married, and then you can finally hold hands.
2: <laughs> yes, although now I have this image in my head of like the Hiles Anderson version of Titanic, where they're six inches apart at all times, and like. <laughs> He's drawing her like in a sleeveless shirt and a skirt that only goes to the top of her knees. <sighs> Spicy. <laughs> Sorry, Every I just got my, my brain just. Night
1: in my dreams, I see you, I feel you. That is how I know you. Go on. Far across the distance And spaces between us That is how you show you go on Near, far, wherever you are heart does go on Once more You've opened the door You are safe in my heart and my heart will go on and on
2: yeah we good
0: <laughs> yeah we're good i just had to do that
2: and i absolutely did not sit here and check my twitter why do you ask huh.
0: was it that boring
2: it's not boring it's just i'm not doing anything else i'm sitting felt, here I,
0: I felt inspired by the moment
2: okay well i, I respect i, I, I respect it. your inspiration yeah
0: yeah i i felt inspired by the hows anderson version of um <laughs> Of Titanic, <laughs> well, what did, like
2: what? Yeah, but then you had to do it with weird vowels, which you didn't do.
0: So what do you do when like the the Hiles Anderson version of Titanic? What do you do when they go to like have sex in the car?
2: Um, like are they, are
0: they just sitting in the car alone with no chaperone?
2: Oh oh, I don't know. That might be a little too spicy for Hiles Anderson purposes. Man, um, uh, okay. we could have them. You know what we could do? There's a there's a part of the lake where you're not supposed to stop. Stand or sit
1: because we no one could can have, see you.
2: Uh, because, well, no one can see you except for like from afar, like people can't see you clearly. Um, they can't
0: see who you are, so they wouldn't be able to turn you in appropriately.
2: Yeah. Right. So we could have them. So there is also, if the, on that side of the lake, there is also a, a like a road. And if you cross the road, you're no longer on Hiles Anderson property. So we could either have the two of them like cross the road and hold hands. Or we could have them sit on the grass together on the wrong side of the lake
0: wow oh
2: man oh yeah totally
0: yeah no I I thought that it was funny though that um they're like on this boat and she's got like a stateroom and um like all of this like like all all this fancy stuff and all like and she's still like yeah we should go have sex in a car
2: (laughs) no i think her but i think her i think the fiance had access to her stateroom
0: yeah i know he did i just i just find it ironic that like they're like oh no we still gotta have sex in the car because like
2: (laughs) but isn't leo short like in real life i think so see like so this is this is better you know so it's,
0: it's more ergonomic
2: it's 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 more possible yes I mean I am. So imagine... nobody's
0: nobody's rib cage is getting bruised by a gear stick.
2: Well the gear sticks up front. They and they don't have they don't have they have bench seats and there's no seat bolts. So That's I feel true. like, so it's just like this a, is a better – Yes, I feel like a nineteen ten car is a better option than a twenty twenty car. That is all I'm saying. Yeah. But no, I I know you wanted to talk about like the whole forbidden love thing.
0: I do I do because like it's it's a
2: And I wonder much. like I wonder if that's one more reason that this movie is seen as subversive because, like, I don't want to get too into it on the podcast because um, it is a more personal story. But I, I can relate to that experience of, like, I'm not supposed to be with this person. I'm doing things that I'm not supposed to do. Um, I can I can relate to how that blows your idea of the relationship totally out of proportion, And like how that blows like the feeling of paranoia and the feeling of desperation um, and and feeling like this is the most important thing that has ever happened to me. And like this is like the moment of my life and like that intensity of feeling that led Rose to spend the entire rest of her life mourning and remembering a relationship that happened for a couple days. Yeah. I I that is something that's something I can really relate to that makes sense you know having having experienced a relationship where like oh this is this is forbidden or this is not allowed and it really that, just that screws for everything me. up yeah it makes everything seem bigger than it is and like if it's you know that's that's it's really fine but it's not Reality necessarily, yeah. so, and that's like what led Rose, like especially in her impressionable traumatized seventeen year old state to to you know not give her proper name when they accounted for passengers and to just kind of go off and live her life on her own and let her family assume that she was killed,
0: well, you know, if they found out who she was, then like she would have had to probably go and marry that guy the thing yeah, that and thinking, or you know, gives the
2: is, diamond back
0: is that but she didn't, like, sell the diamond or anything. She just dropped it in the ocean at the end.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean, that feels right.
0: Yeah. The The thing that I thought was, why, so here's a question. Why do you think Leo, or, or, or why do you think Jack was, um, what was so motivated to be willing to give his life for this girl that he had, like, just met? That's the like the, from her perspective, you know, all this stuff makes sense where she was willing to like leave the boat and try to go back to try to save him. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, I mean, do you think that was it that she came back for him? So he felt like he had to, 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 he owed that to her because she was willing to risk it all for him.
2: No, I think that, I think that, that in general, this was a high stakes relationship from the very beginning because they meet because she almost dies and then she saves his butt from getting thrown in the brig for the rest of the sh- for the rest of the journey and yeah. then he- they meet at that dinner and he passes her a note and then she sneaks off someplace that she's not supposed to be to go to that party with him like the whole story yeah. is a story of like the stakes started off super high and then just kept getting higher
0: But it also seems like he's kind of used to doing this sort of stuff that like he had all those he had all those drawings. He's like, oh, yeah, I was in Paris and I I drew these pictures of of, like these women. And, you know, I mean, I guess she was getting jealous because uh, he was like, oh, no, I just drew this picture of of this woman, but I didn't do anything with her. But also like what are like, I feel like he's a little he's a little bit of a player. I kind of got that vibe from him
2: i wouldn't say player i would say he is uh somebody without a lot of roots because yeah. he is just kind of like gone from place to place like he you know he wins his titanic ticket and i won gambling. my titanic
0: ticket fell in love on the boat that ended now i'm over here in new york what am i gonna do in new- and this would just be like um if he had survived the, the the ship sinking he would have been like yeah um so what am i gonna do next I don't know. And this would have just been like a short chapter in like his book of life. But right. then it ended but up being think, like the whole thing.
2: Right. And I think like the the nature of the relationship between Jack and Rose, I think it was so high stakes. And I, I think that it it inspired him and it kind of led him down this like hero's journey in his own mind where I, I the only way I can explain it is. You know, I've I've been in these extremely high pressure situations, both romantically and just in like personal life drama. Um, being yeah. at Kyles Anderson, this sort of thing came up all the time. All the time. This feeling of like this is the end of the world. This is the biggest thing I have ever done. This is the most terrible this is the terrible most yeah. terrible thing that's ever happened to me we're like this is the biggest moment of my life like i swear we're breaking the
0: rules once <laughs> is like like you said oh i i realized i could break the rules and then not have like a lightning bolt come down and strike me you're right. like oh wait i can i can do this and everything's fine
2: right but but not just romantically like there were other there was like personal drama that i had and so okay so high pressure situations um are obviously not. Uh, the property of just being in a cult like there are other types of high pressure situations that a person could be in
0: like if you're on a, a ship and you fall in love with a guy but you're engaged to somebody else and then the ship right uh, crashes
2: but and starts you know for, for me and i've talked about this before like being at hiles anderson in particular uh, i was i was sleep deprived i was horribly malnourished i, I did not eat did not eat properly Um, I did not sleep properly. I did not take care of myself. I had no time for myself. Uh, And everything felt like the biggest deal. Any interpersonal conflict that I had with a roommate or with a friend or romantic conflict that I had was the biggest deal in the world. Like everything was – I cried constantly, constantly. And like, yes, I was also 19 years old, which is a thing that happens, but I, everything was mind-blowingly, life-alteringly, can't eat, can't sleep, shaking from nervousness or fear. Everything was that kind of a big deal to me. Everything. Every conflict that I had. Every romantic entanglement that I had. Every argument with a roommate was the world's biggest deal because you're in because of a high pressure situation and like i so i get like i get where these two are coming from because when you're in that particular type of situation that is so high pressure everything seems like the end of the world so to the two of them every aspect of their relationship seemed like the biggest thing that they could possibly imagine ever happening so like does that make any sense
0: (laughs) oh that makes sense to me um it kind of reminds me of something though is that i want to talk about slightly just like for two minutes i want to talk about a different leonardo DiCaprio movie which is the movie that he was in before this one which was the romeo and juliet where he played the same sort of role yeah great movie Uh um but in in romeo and juliet um this isn't anything about his particular role or anything but in my view the true tragedy of that story is not that they died it's that the love that they died for wasn't real it's the love that they died for was just one of these other like high pressure situations where they're just like this feels like this is the the end of the world right here because they have like insane expectations that are put on them and this is, that's the same right. sort of thing here. So he's basically – I mean, he's basically playing the same character in two movies in a row, and he does a great job in both. But I want to move on oh, real yeah. quick.
2: Well, um, one, one sentence about that, though. Yeah. So you're saying that when you put insane expectations on your 17, 18, 19-year-old kid that they do crazy things and probably possibly die? Is that yep. what you're saying? Wow. Who yeah. knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> All right. Go what ahead. Want, Sorry, that's just to relevant go, like, to my life.
0: <laughs> I wanted to to talk about like the, the class divisions in this movie because that was a major, major, major theme, and I know that we touched on it, but like towards the end of the movie, because what, what we see is we see at the, at the start of the film, they're like, oh, well, we don't have enough boats because they thought that it would make the deck look too cluttered. Yes. And then- we see it sort of like foreshadowing, like, oh, we need to make the ship go faster because we need to uh, uh, show off how fast the ship is. And they're like, but we might hit an iceberg because the ship doesn't turn very well. And they're like, oh, well, whatever, go faster anyway. And then when the ship eventually does crash, they're like, let's lock all the poor people below deck so the rich people can get off. And there was straight up like people that were, you know, shooting people over keeping the poor people like on the sinking ship you know and like not sending out the lifeboats before there was uh-huh. uh they were full all that sort of stuff
2: well it's a, i mean it's about um you know well all all lives are important but some lives are more important than others you know it's, it's that classic farm. i was about to say it's that classic animal farm you know all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others.
0: Did you know Titanic is clearly socialist propaganda?
2: Well, I mean, so is everything. If you're (laughs) depending on how you're looking at it. Yeah. But, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, but it is, it's very, it's very clearly about
0: class division. And the way that they set that balance was, was very much like, like, you know, comparing like a, a story like Romeo and Juliet, where that's about not about class divisions, but about like political divisions. This story right here is is basically the same story, but it's class divisions rather than political divisions.
2: OK, but there was one particular tiny little thing that really stuck out to me as far as class divisions. Like, I know the entire movie is about this. Like, what I what do. was it?
0: What's the detail?
2: So um, Cal, is that Rose's fiance
0: yeah I'm uh, terrible billy with movie names billy zane he's the guy that the ifb would have been rooting for
2: well yes but i'm te- i'm terrible with names like character names in movies um That's but- cal. so cal um towards the end when like stuff is hitting the fan and everything is like going crazy
1: yeah. uh, and
2: there's like only a few lifeboats left cal grabs he finds this little girl who's like crying on the deck And I was like, oh, great. He's going to like go put her in a lifeboat. Like he's having a redemption. He's having like a redemption moment here where he decides not to be the worst person in the world for five minutes. And he picks up this little girl who's crying on the deck and he walks over to the lifeboat. And I was like, oh, look, he's going to do something. One thing that's not crappy. And he gets in the lifeboat with the little girl and he says, I'm so sorry. Like her mother's dead. I'm the only thing she has in the world. Can I please go with my little girl? And that's, like, how he scams his way onto a lifeboat. Yeah. And that. That was so is, dirty. That is so, but that is so accurate because people like that, people like Cal use other people. Like, he didn't even, like, it, it is beyond him harming that little girl and it is a level of cruelty beyond that and it is a level of cruelty honestly beyond him ignoring the little girl. Yeah. Because those are apathy. Like one is just cruelty and then one is just apathy, but there is a level deeper than that and that's what he did. Because Even though the he level that he went to saved is her Well, he yes, but he used. He didn't give, I'm sorry, I almost swore. He didn't yeah. care. That he saved her life. He could not have cared less about her life. She was just a prop to save his own life, is what I'm saying.
0: And he, she just and happened that, to be along for the ride, and he just- Right, just and, and that, that is
2: a level of evil far beyond throwing her off the side of the boat or ignoring her where she stood. Yeah. There is a, a level of evil that her life did not have any consequence to him except for where it could be used to save his own life. And uh, boy, have I known some people like that.
0: Yeah. And so basically at this point in the movie, this is towards the end of the movie and the tension's really building um, and the ship's sinking and Rose has got to, you know, go back and rescue Leo. And so she has to dive into that icy water that, you know, that was the thing that he saved her from in the beginning um. Yeah, he. Had, she had to dive yeah. into that icy water to, to go through and swim to the room where she could get him and and chop his handcuffs with the axe. And
2: personally, um, I like. I really loved that scene um, because. So I don't know if you know this, but I used to be a lifeguard. Did you Did you know that? Uh, yeah, I think you told me. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it was just like for a summer, but it is a habit that really does stick with you once you have the habit of like, you know, you're you're noticing things in water. <laughs> so yeah. these scenes where there's a lot of people in the water at the same time i felt a little like i disconnected from the movie and went into like watching like oh my gosh is anybody drowning <laughs> mode
0: and they're all drowning because the water is like freezing and they like they're they're getting hypothermia and they can't breathe Oh,
2: so, you know like i disconnected i like disconnected from the movie and i was like oh my gosh are all the extras okay like i oh, went over huh. to, like like I, it broke my suspension of disbelief because I had to watch and make sure that nobody was showing actual signs of actual drowning. Wow! But like, I was able to like reinvest in the movie with that scene where it's where it's just Rose coming back with the axe to like get him out because that's not a situation that I would be able to do anybody any good in anyway. Right? Because like, what I did was was pool lifeguarding, so like it, I was able to reengage in those scenes where it's just the two of them in in the water so that was that it hit me a lot harder those scenes where she's like going back to get the axe and like breaking his handcuffs and the two of them are like ducking under the pipes to like swim their way out that was more engaging to me than these scenes where there's lots and lots of extras because in these scenes where there's all these extras I couldn't stay in my suspension of disbelief of like watching the the movie and watching the the story unfold. Because I I got broken out of it. But like, oh my gosh, I have to watch the extras. I have to make sure nobody drowned making this movie.
0: (laughs) So speaking of people uh, 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 going in the water, drowning or whatever, do you know what the major criticism of the end of this movie is? No. So the major criticism of the end of this movie is that there was definitely room for Leo to get on the door with Rose and not freeze to death in the water. Yeah. Well, yeah, so how he, did, how did mean, you feel about that?
2: Him, like, well, he tried to, and then they almost flipped the door over.
0: Yeah, so how I saw it, I, I, you know, I, I've seen, like, people make this joke in the internet, like, oh, there was room for him on there. It wasn't that there wasn't room for him. How I saw it was that, you know, they'd been in the water, and the water was so cold that, like, he used, like, the last of his strength trying to get her out of the water and trying to save her from freezing to death and yeah, then he like- didn't, he didn't have any left to to uh, to to pull himself up. that's how well, that's how I, I saw it i, felt I don't like- know if that's
2: so 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 how i saw it was more like um she got up onto the door fine, but he was afraid that if he tried to climb up it would flip and he was worried that it would flip on top of her and and like hit her head or knock her out or and that then, she
0: would fall back in the water and not be able to get out because it was so cold and just would be too sad. Right. For yeah.
2: Right. Well, I was I, – for me, I felt like the the change happened when he tried to get on and it almost flipped. It wasn't about it holding both of them. It was about yeah, – because it was big enough. The, yeah, it was about the risk of both of them being able to get on at the same time.
0: And so he was going to sacrifice himself. Was he was going to put her first.
2: He was going to sacrifice himself and – And that's like, that's the entire, that's the entire thing. That's the entire story is like this, this desperation and this not thinking straight. And so now you've got all this adrenaline of, you know, okay. So uh, there was a fire alarm in my apartment building. There've been a couple um, in the last year. Yeah. One of them was actually a fire and it was an, an apartment about three floors down from mine. And this was before we had a cat. So it was just me and my husband.
0: So this wasn't the time that your cat freaked out during the fire alarm and was, like, scratching you? And
2: shredded me? No, it was not that time. That time was not a real fire. Although that time was also incredibly terrifying. Um, Mostly because I am still carrying a lot of scars (laughs) from my cat. (laughs) Bless you. Danka. So no, this was, so this was before we got the cat, but I, it was like, it was late at night and the fire alarm went off. So I'm like, you know, making sure I have my, my grandmother's jewelry, which I inherited. There's a couple little, just little like important things, you know, here and there around the house and making sure both of us had our, have our wedding rings on and, you know, getting out the door and, um, we get halfway down the stairs and there's smoke filling the stairs. So, oh my goodness, this is an actual fire. This is not a drill. This is not somebody accidentally set the alarm off. And um just how scary and how uh, the the amount of adrenaline that that was and, and just imagine how much more that would be if you were on a boat and the boat was sinking. Oof, yeah. You know, and and, and
0: you're like, I got to get I, out of here. And then there's not enough lifeboats. And
2: then like, half right, the and you've are also been die. on this like adrenaline high for the last three or four days or whatever with this like hidden secret relationship thing. So like, basically this is a story about adrenaline burnout and they get to this, this point of the movie where could they have potentially figured out a way for both of them to live? Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. But with that level of a, of adrenaline it like they were crazy. just so
0: drained. Yeah. Also, they just had right. sex like two hours ago, and were like, you know, they're they're still in like the postcoital brain fog.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. there was there was probably some brain fog.
0: Yeah, yeah. They so, so they weren't like, thinking straight. Um,
2: well, and they're also seventeen. Like, what seventeen year old is ever thinking straight ever? No, no. offense, seventeen year old you're great, and I love you. But no, you're you not. Just... I
0: never talk to me. I I don't. Oh,
2: want... talk to me. I love you.
0: <laughs> if you're 17, I don't want to have any conversations with you unless I'm like related to you because you're. oh Yeah, that's. See, I mean, that's like, that's see... just where I am right now. I don't. Uh, I I see.
2: Like I relate. I relate to teenagers. I think teenagers are the best. But... I might
0: cut this part out and put and put that in the Patreon because I don't want to go on record saying that I hate young people.
2: Oh, see, like I love. I love kids. I love like. Like teenagers, I relate to all of this because, like, also I never lived my life when I was that age. Yeah. So I'm no, always see, like, "Yes." Yeah, so tell I, me. what I would I'm have, like, "What's math class like?" Tell me about that.
0: I was 17 ten years ago, and I would not want to hang out with me when I was 17. So that's where I'm at in my brain. Anyway, oh, what see, was I, wrote, the- I
2: wrote a short. I wrote a short story about me now, like going back in time and talking to myself at 16.
0: Interesting but we have oh, yeah, to, we don't cool. have time for that we don't have time we have we to don't. um i i want to get your final thoughts on the movie what like what okay. what are your final thoughts on this movie on, on Titanic? uh my
2: final thoughts on the movie are i want to watch it again of so course i rented you do. i rented this movie uh for do they give you two vhs homework?
0: tapes cuz that was what it was back in what? the day you rent the movie and it it's so long that it has two vhs tapes
2: so i have rented movies from redbox before I don't believe I've ever rented a VHS.
0: Okay, so that's what you never. I think because I you like never came blockbuster, VH. blockbuster video, man.
2: I that's do not believe was. I have ever gotten anything from Blockbuster. I think, like, I be, no, dude, like it you was too late. Lived. Like my my liberation was too late. No, I for I that know, and I know, for know, going know, to a rush show. Um. No, but I um. So I no, I rented this on Amazon. I think um for like. 399 or whatever
0: yeah i did too but i want to
2: go i want to buy it because i totally want to watch this again
0: it's a great movie like visually this movie is stunning it's magnificent and that's really one of the things that i think makes it and that you know it was well written it was well uh, uh uh the character development was great I do have, and
2: I and I love um, good fashion design. And I was so into every single dress that Rose wears in the entire movie. And now I am thinking about, um, like, I liked the lavender dress at the end.
1: Oh yeah! Like the
2: second half of the movie, she's in that like lavender dress, and I totally want to make that because you know I sew. Yeah, I know. And like I could probably, I want to make that. I want to go to the fabric store right now and haul, make that.
0: Well, fabric, you should haul up a, a fabric depot. Hashtag uh, rest in peace to Fabric Depot. Um,
2: so I did. Um, I, I missed. I missed something. So what I forgot to talk about was you sent me three timestamps in the movie where because where where things might be potentially triggering. Yeah, um, the big one because you know that it is difficult for me to see uh, yelling men, like men yelling at people, or men getting in people's face,
0: especially young women.
2: Especially young women because because of, of things that I experienced in the IFB. So you sent me three different timestamps to make me aware of this before it happened, and I just wanted to, to thank you for that. Tell you how helpful it was. The one that would have gotten me really bad is the first scene where Cal flips a table on Rose. Not I think the one where he like slaps her in the face. Um, no, because that one I like saw coming.
0: Oh, okay, 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 that
2: It's when sense. you when I don't like if I see it coming, I'm generally okay at this point in my life. The one that would have gotten me bad is when they're at breakfast and he flips the table because it almost comes out of nowhere.
0: Well, I feel like it just got to be aware of that stuff and remember who I'm doing the show with, so.
2: Well, and I also think that that's a good, I wanted to bring it up on air because um, this is something that should be normalized. Um, I have a friend who has a specific body part phobia. Um, I'm going to say it's like fingernails, although it's not, it's something else. Um, But if I am recommending something to my friend and there's a scene where somebody's clipping their fingernails, um, I send her a text and I say, Hey, uh, by the way, there, there's a scene with something you wouldn't like and it's at this point in the movie
0: and i know that
2: seems yeah Like so if, you had, a, if you was, had a
0: friend who is afraid of feet then you wouldn't tell them to watch any tarantino movies
2: no just don't watch tarantino just don't do it <laughs> but no there's like a specific thing it's like oh hey like this has your thing in it um you know if you're not feeling prepared to see a thing that you don't want to see skip this 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 minutes to this minutes and i think that's something that should be normalized Well,
0: because it wasn't really, it wasn't really any extra effort. I just saw it and I was like, she probably wouldn't like that, and then I wrote it down.
2: It's an well, it's an accessibility thing.
0: It's not being a wiener. It's not being like a. a, a, It's not being weak or any way. It's just like being.
2: Well, it's like you saved me an extra little shot of adrenaline and getting my heart rate up when it wasn't necessary. Yeah. So like like you know you just being a decent kind person made my experience of watching this easier. And like that's something that we can normalize doing for our friends. If you know that your friend has a specific trigger, just like let them know. Just make that information available to people in your life because that makes great movies like Titanic more accessible to more people. And like accessibility is great. Wonderful. That's what that's what we need. And I'm so glad that I watched it. Um I really truly enjoyed it.
0: So Sadie, yes, up until this point, everything that I've assigned for homework has been stuff that I like. It's been movies, it's been TV shows, music, things that I enjoyed when I was younger and still enjoy today. But sadly, all traditions must eventually come to an end. Now, let me remind you that when I assign you something, I have to go back and watch or listen or read whatever it is um, that that thing is. So this is going to be no picnic for me either, because it's time for me to give you next week's homework assignment. And just a reminder, we're going to have a whole episode to talk about this homework assignment.
2: (laughs) Should I be doing a drum roll?
0: (laughs) No, I'm sorry. I'm just laughing because, um, you know the last when we talked about doing this, um, I want I went on earlier about how this homework section is going to be a serious discussion of media framing, and then this is the first thing that I assign you following that. And I am okay. truly sorry okay. for what I am about to do to you, and may God have birth, uh, may God have mercy on both of our souls. Okay, you're going to be watching Jersey Shore.
2: Oh, see, I'm excited about that.
0: You're excited about that. Oh man!
2: Yeah, like I like this is something I've literally never seen. But um, but you've heard
0: reference many times.
2: Oh yeah, and I also knew a lot of girls who had that like hairdo. You know, with the poof,
0: with the bump. It.
2: Yes. Like for some reason that was allowed. So I know so many people who had that hair. So I am actually excited to find out where that hair comes from. If
0: you are uh, and so I'm not going to tell you um how much Jersey Shore you have to watch. I'm not going to tell you to watch an entire season of it. I'm going to tell you to watch however much you can without <laughs> like however much your are, your are, your body is is capable of handling watching that okay. show. Um the fir- like I think it's all on Hulu so we're going to start with with season 1 and I I won't to, I, I'm not gonna watch past like the first season because I frankly have too much self-respect. But the the pr-
2: see, I have a, I really like trash TV. Oh, okay, um, you do. So, dude, I watch The Bachelor on purpose.
0: Yeah, but there's The Bachelor, and then there's Jersey I know this Shore. Is another, this is like this is okay, like a I level below watched, that. This is like the level of like. Uh, 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 do you ever watch Ninety Day Fiance? Uh
2: no, but I totally want to. I just haven't gotten around to okay, it. Okay,
0: this is like. The, See, the, I
2: also watched Bachelor in Paradise, which is definitely a cut below yeah. Bachelor.
0: So the the premise of this show is that in 2009, MTV got a bunch of like people of the quote-unquote Guido subculture to all move into a house together and be filmed on a reality show. And it does – it simultaneously does and does not disappoint – so,
2: uh, uh, well, see, I'm actually excited about this. I think this is going to be fun.
0: Okay. So, you and but you've heard of it. And, um, this uh, before anybody goes off oh, of yeah. me being like, how are you going to say that like culturally relevant or like ubiquitous? I'm like, if you if you don't believe that at some point during the time when Sadie was in the cult, that Jersey Shore was quote unquote culturally relevant or, you know, or, or ubiquitous then I I don't know. Oh, no, you, you, weren't, I totally you weren't around in like the late two thousands. That's that's what I've got to say. Is that like No, like,
2: like two thousand nine. This is the year that that we were like so, what sophomores going into juniors in high school. Yeah. And dude, no, I, there were people around me with the hairdo, there were people around me with the fake tan. Like there were absolutely like if I had been normal, I would have been watching this. I know I know for sure.
0: I did not watch it because frankly i didn't want to um but it's yeah so um next week uh we are going to be having uh a, a, a discussion of jersey shore which is going to well be this
2: sounds this sounds fun, fun.
0: Uh, yeah <laughs> wonderful okay that's a good place for me to end the cut um yeah and so uh until next time when we do have this amazing and um uh <laughs> uh Interesting. And uh, I'm dreading discussion of Jersey shore, (laughs) which will be two weeks from now. Um, yeah. So, uh, this has been the leaving Eden podcast. If you want to send us an email, maybe suggest a homework topic. Um, you can write to us at leaving at at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter on Instagram and Facebook. It's at leaving Eden podcast. And on Twitter, it is at leaving Eden pod, just like the email address. Uh, Sadie, if you want to plug your social media.
2: Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Sadie Carpenter music. Also on Twitter at hell. Yeah Sadie. And, you- and I'm going to actually try to tweet. Okay.
0: Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at Gabriel Hacohen, G a at G a v r i e l H a c o h e n, on both uh, Twitter and Instagram, and that same on Facebook. And until next time, thank you for tuning into the Leaving Eden podcast, and I hope you have a lovely and wonderful day. Goodbye.